Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes back to the show, Patricia Kay, to celebrate and discuss the second edition of her book with Dr. Barry Grundlin, entitled Cell Level Meditation. So tune in and learn how to connect with the wisdom and intelligence of your cells and work with them to heal. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And uh, quick housekeeping, my website to find out more about me is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. Uh, Benny, it is wonderful to be back in the studio with you this yeah, week. Yeah, it's good to have you back. You brought it with you, the sun. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, it's always the best day. And uh, happy National Pancake Day. Blueberry Pancake Day. Blueberry Pancake Day. Wait, just Blueberry just Pancake? Blue- I mean, you know, there's a day for everything. There's there really, 365. So, really I mean, like, is. I took right. this publicity course a while back that would kind of help you to get yourself, you know, kind of get out into the media and things. And they had us, like, ha- get one of those calendars yeah. that had... The national whatever days. <laughs> that yeah. one remind me. And like every day has three or four yep. things that you would never realize because they were like, you know, you could kind of use that to spin a publicity pitch, sure. you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, I was very amazed, but I do not remember blueberry pink. Yeah, it's day. the uh, easier way of an, an icebreaker because uh, peanut brittle day was on Wednesday. Oh so God. if you missed that one, then <laughs> okay. you can definitely make it up for today. I'm devastated. I, c- I could tell me, you're just floored. Like, yeah. forget the interview today. I mean, we're just going to move on. <laughs> We've got to go home and make some peanut brittle. Well, I'm going to be really honest. I am more interested in cell level meditation than peanut Good call. brittle this morning. So. Good call. Rain check on the peanut, <laughs> peanut brittle. <laughs> yes, but it is it's wonderful <laughs> to be back here. And I have a beautiful view of the mountains. Right. The sun is out. Yeah, pretty day in the Pacific Northwest. So. I am blessed, uh, truly, to be... It's behind yeah. me. I don't see it often because yeah. I'm facing the other direction. But every day I kind of walk in. I'm like, man, look at that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is breathtaking. I was just thinking on my drive in this morning. Um, it, I just, you know, I grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I spent 10 years there when I went there for law school and then practiced and got married and um, didn't come to the Pacific Northwest until 2012 when I was in my mid 30s. And no place has felt more like home than this. Like, we love Petaluma. I know we'll still have a connection there, but it's like this place just feels like home in a way that nowhere else has for well, me. tractor beam sucked you right yeah, back in there. Yeah, just driving driving here. Mm. I just was like, God, this is, this is so pretty. Mm-hmm. So happy to be here. I know. Okay. Well, with that, yep. I'm really excited to welcome back um, Patricia Kay to Sunny in Seattle. Um, and I, um, well, I'll go ahead and I'll read her bio because there was something I was going back through my notes to say, when? Did she? When was she on the show? I like to see when someone has been on the show exactly how long ago it was. And this one is kind of a special date. So um, anyway, I'll read Patricia's bio, bring her on, and then I'll tell you a little bit why bringing her back on is kind of an anniversary of sorts. Um, So Patricia Kay is a homeopath, a teacher, writer, cell meditator, retired midwife, mother, and now a spiritual director. She discovered the connections between the mind, body, and the spirit by working as a midwife in rural Mexico for 12 years as well as through the experience of her own serious personal health crises and near-death experience that opened doors of awareness. 
She has had the privilege of studying homeopathy under master, master homeopathic physicians and has been working with this spirit-like modality for over 30 years, delving into the intelligent and poetic patterns found beyond and within the physical realm. Through midwifery, homeopathy, and cell-level meditation, Patricia has borne amazing witness to the capacity of the body and mind to heal themselves in ways that are often surprisingly creative. Working with the deep intelligence of the body-mind through meditation was a logical next step in her development. She met Dr. Barry Grenlin about seven months after a very remarkable experience of cell-level meditation in which her foot spontaneously healed. While she was present in a meditative state, just watching it happen, Barry accepted her as a student, and a co-creative process began in 2001 that would find a voice of expression through the book we'll be talking about today. Um, so I believe the first edition was published in 2009. That's the one we discussed the last time that Patricia was on the show. And as of 2021, there is now a second edition available, um, which has some wonderful new content. Um, and so the book is, of course, Cell Level Meditation. Um, and if you want to find out more about both Patricia and the book, you can go to celllevelmeditation.com. That's celllevelmeditation.com. Uh, Patricia, welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Thank you, Sunny. Good to be back. Absolutely. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I was looking at my notes to see when exactly you were a guest. And it was, um, I believe, May 8th in 2015. So it's been almost seven years, which is pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, that date is special because my very first show on Sunny in Seattle, and I did a solo show just to kind of say hi and introduce myself, but um, my very first show was on April 24th. You were my very first guest on Sunny in Seattle, and I had forgotten that. <laughs> Whoa, that's cool. It is very cool. Um, and I found out about your work through a colleague of mine in the coaching community that I met through Martha Beck, and um, she introduced me to your work, and we would... Uh, experiment with it. Um, she has been a friend and a colleague and um, uh, just kind of, you know, someone to play with in terms of our coaching and modalities that we're both trying out. And um, I just really connected with the work, which is why I reached out to have you on the show. Um, and it has been a practice that I have continued to use um, on and off in my own life. And so when I got the notice that this second edition, that a publisher, I guess a different publisher had picked it up and that the second edition was coming out, um, we were on the road trip at the time, but I reached out to you once we got back and got you scheduled. So um, just welcome back, and um, congratulations on this second edition of Cell Level Meditation. Yes, thank you. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. So how did this second edition come about? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, because um, it was really kind of um, following the breadcrumbs of life, Mm -hmm. um, which is always something I trust when things come to me and I'm not out there um, making things happen that um, may not come from the highest good. Right. So what happened was um, Barry and I published, we self-published the first edition back in 2009. And um, that meant opening like a, a company, an LLC to, you know, get everything all set up right. And um, it, by the time uh, we had it on this create space on Amazon, it was sort of just doing its own thing. So I didn't have to worry about it. But every year there's paying taxes and doing all of those things. So fast forward through the years, Barry died in 2016. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously I continued to carry the book and to make sure it was out there. 
But in 2017, I want to say, I started thinking, you know, it'd be really good if I didn't have to deal with this aspect of life. And it'd be really good to keep the book out there in a way um, that makes sure that the that the work is out there. Mm-hmm. So serendipitously, a friend of Barry, uh, who was a literary agent, called me and he said, Patricia, I see that you know, you're still selling the book on Amazon. Would you like to find a publisher? Mm. Well, funny <laughs> you should ask, right? <laughs> anyway, this man who was, uh, again, he was a dear friend of Barry, and um, he said, his name is Joe Coolin. so if you're out there, Joe, hello. Mm. He um, set about to find the right publisher for me, and so he had um, found Inner Traditions, which... Um, was the publisher eventually that took the book. And then it was just really cool because I worked with um, the head of Inner Traditions and an editor for about a year Mm -hmm. to rewrite, to upgrade, to fine tune, to add some material um, that I had in my notes that hadn't been in the first edition. And it was just this lovely experience of almost birthing a new book at a, um, a new level. And everything just fell in my lap. Oh, I love how that happens. Because you know, we've got people on the show who really get out there and man, they they do they take massive action and push, push, push to get an agent and get it published and everything. And I there is great value in that I'm and I, I love hearing those, you know, stories where people have just persevered. But you know, I have to say the ones that I love hearing the most are the ones like what you're talking about, where it is the breadcrumbs. I just, I, I, it's so funny that you use that analogy um, because I just applied to divinity school um, and turned, last of the applications went in a couple of weeks ago. And in my personal statement, I talked about following the breadcrumbs and that's kind of what led me there. So I'm smiling here as I listen to you say that, but hearing how that came together um, through, um, through the mystery really of serendipity. And, and, um, I wonder, I wonder how much, uh, Barry had to do with that from the other side as well. (laughs) Oh, I am absolutely convinced, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he was a rascal and he's still being a rascal. Well, and, and I also, I feel like in the second edition, I've always been very curious about Barry because the, the way that you describe it, you know, um, that, well, just this is a quote from the book. It is Barry, um, and of course he's an MD, a, a psychiatrist, um, and and you said his specialty area might have been called psychoneuroimmunology, which is just uh, my understanding from how you've described it. My experience with it before is is the 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 science of mind body connection, really, and how those affect each other. Is that would that be accurate? Yeah, I think that's pretty close. But yeah. yeah, what we think about actually affects uh, you know our physiology. It turns out. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so Barry was a psychiatrist, um, and and specialty could have been called psychoneuroimmunology. So it is Barry who named and developed the practice of cell level meditation. He was never interested in writing, however. Once, when I asked him about this, he replied that he didn't like to stop the flow of the mystery. And I'm using mystery, or you use mystery here. And when I refer to it here, it's with a capital M. So he didn't like to stop the flow of the mystery. Somehow, when we write about things, we define them, and Barry was more interested in experiencing the mystery rather than defining it. Um, And I feel like in this second edition of the book, um, like I said, I'd always been curious about him since the first edition, 
but I feel like I got to know him better um, in this edition. And I just like I have I know this may sound strange for a gentleman that I've never met, but I have so much love for him, given what you shared about him, particularly in the the final portion of the book and the about the author pages. Um, what what would you like to share about Barry here for our listeners who didn't know him like you did? Well, first of all, Barry was a genius, okay? And um, he had just a brilliant mind. And he also had, his life was perhaps polished in very difficult ways. Mm. Okay, so he um, just... One thing that comes to mind um, as you, as I got to know him, um, so he grew up in an orphanage. Mm. And again, he has one of the more difficult childhoods I've ever heard about. Um, And yet there's some indomitable spirit in him that was always figuring out how to um, do things in the orphanage, right? Mm. And it turns out that he ended up getting tetanus. And a number of the other kids apparently also had this, got this illness and died. Mm. And he ended up um, apparently living with some nuns at the time. Well, and you have to be absolutely still when you have tetanus, apparently. I don't really know that much about it. But he, he said you had to be really still or your body could just go into these spasms, right, that mm. could kill you. So in that stillness, one day he was um, listening to the radio, which he loved, um, and he saw a bird uh, on the outside of the window where he was sitting. And somehow he realized that awareness could fly. So there was some way that in that deep, deep stillness where he was forced to be still, he found Uh, an avenue out of the body into the world of awareness, spirit itself. And that actually ended up being, you know, an enormous gift that he would use over the years, right? So his illness ended up informing his ability to um, send awareness to other realms Mm. to um, perhaps be beyond the body, but then come back to the body. And so it just became, uh, you know, a gift that he had. Yeah. And it, and from what I understand, he was an incredibly uh, gifted, skilled being in terms of working with folks who were kind of lost cause cases that were really, um, yeah, no one else had been able to help. And he was able to, uh, achieve miraculous results with some of these folks. Um, and I don't know if you want to share any stories of that, just to give an example of kind of the work that he did later in his life. Well, all through his life, again, he was, again, present to some kind of revelation, perhaps, or, you know, the bird outside the window, um, so that he developed this, this capacity to see what was in front of him. Mm. Um, so one day, for example... Um, he talked about this young boy who I think he must've been eight or nine and he, uh, had hydrocephalus just kind of, you know, the water on the brain that doesn't 
drain right. Mm -hmm. And so they put some shunts in this little boy's brain to drain the water off. Um, And so Barry's, or excuse me, the little boy's mother heard about Barry. Um, He had a healing center in, in Napa at the time. And so she takes her little son to meet Barry and they're in the reception area and the little boy is standing there with two grocery sacks filled with little tin soldiers. Mm. So Barry looked at the boy, he looked at the grocery sacks and he turned to his secretary and he said, cancel all my appointments today. Mm. So he takes the little boy into his office and for the entire day, Barry is working with this little boy and the little tin soldiers to set them right Mm. to so the whole time he's working with the boy with kind of presence he had but also with the little boy's capacity to figure out well where does this soldier go where does that one go how does this feel right how do we breathe with that well the long and the short of it is that did the trick Mm. and the shunts began to drain beautifully on their own after that so that was the kind of guy he was Yes, they're just, I feel, I, I was, when I was making my notes, I said, this may be a strange question for Patricia, but it just feels like he's one of those folks that, um, that is a, an enlightened, awakened master, as I don't know if it came as a result of just the incarnation or if his experience as a child did something, but it just feels like he was one of those people whose very presence could induce healing <laughs> just because of the energy they carried. <laughs> You know, you're absolutely right about that. And at the same time, he he was so playful and mm. present. I mean, he was never self-calling. Um, you know, he could he could tango. Barry loved to dance. Okay. <laughs> and one time he found out about some, I don't know, indigenous Argentine form of the tango. And it was like he could tune into the frequency of that or somehow the patterning of what it was. And, you know, he found a dance partner and immediately was able to do it, right? Yeah. So anyway, he was that kind of guy, just very engaged in life, very interested in what's the next thing that's beautiful. And and so it wasn't like, you know, you're sitting around chanting Om. Yeah. You're, you're being with a man who was just incredibly brilliant playful, curious, present. Um, Yeah, always just the next thing that he was able to be present for. He just jumped in and would do it. So one of his daughters said, if he loved something, he wore the outfit. (laughs) (laughs) He loved the San Francisco Giants. And so, you know, he had their coat, he had the hat, you know, so he, and he would wear it to the games. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was thinking, I read, I can't remember where I read it, but that, that in creating this second edition of the book, that you actually went back through, you know, you spent 15 years um, right. with, with Barry um, co-creating and working and learning and all of that good stuff. Um, and so I read that you went back and looked at all your notes um, from right. those 15 years, and I'm, I'm curious what that experience was like. That's a really good question. Let me kind of tune in to what it was like. Um, it was a revisiting of these conversations that we had over the years. Our relationship unfolded and 
there was a a way that I think in the later years, I was sort of a confidant and he was telling his stories to me mm. and I took note of the stories and it was like, this happens, I think to all of us, it should anyway, mm. you know, that each sort of decade in our life, we look back over the last decade or the last, and, and we have a new vantage point, you know, of wisdom, of experience to see what's gone on. And I was the person that Barry did that with. Mm. So, you know, he was 83 when he died. He had eight decades of an extraordinary life uh, that he reflected upon. So going back over my notes was partly going back over stories, but partly over these just gems, you know, of insight that it was almost like they were left in my notebooks to resurrect and make sure that they got out to the world. Mm. So it's a very um, interesting process to kind of go back, reread, and then, you know, select (laughs) certain passages or certain stories for, for the new book. Oh, beautiful. Um, Yeah. And so um, I understand you were already a midwife, a homeopath, um, and working with the body mind. Um, but this, the next logical step, really, the way that you describe it is to, to work with Barry. Um, and, and the way that you write it, you say, when I asked Barry if I could study with him by listening in on the sessions he would have with my husband when he got cancer, Barry was thoughtful for a while and seemed to be sensing into something. Finally, he said, I'll work with you separately. And so it began. Perhaps in the pause, the gods intervened. It was a fateful moment. Um, and so uh, tell us a little bit about what happened when you came to work together. I mean, how you came, because you already, maybe it would even be better to back up, uh, Patricia, whatever you want to share about your background. But intuitively, you already had done cell-level meditation to heal your own foot on the beach in Mexico prior to that coming together with Barry. So I, what would you like to share about your background or how cell-level cell meditation entered your life? Um, well, thank you for that question, because I was thinking about that this morning. Um, you know, again, life brought me to my knees and opened my heart in unusual ways. And one of the big things that happened to me was having a child. Mm. And so... I was in Mexico. Um, I wanted a home birth. And this just wasn't done, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, My husband, my son's father, worked in one of the most prestigious hospitals in Mexico. And here I wanted a home birth, right? Hmm. But we also had some friends who had uh, also uh, had gone down that road and so I had a support from them and I bought every book on the shelves and read through it and you know prepared my uh-huh. own self to find uh, a way to birth but it really there was something in the mystery of having a child that I had my moment like Barry had with the bird flying out the window I uh, something in my heart my mind my whole body um, came together and opened and I was humbled and um, I was open to life in a very, very new way. And so that started me off, of course, when I had this successful home birth, 
my friends and their friends started flocking to me like, how did you do this? Because mm-hmm. the cesarean rate in Mexico was outrageous at the time. Mm. And, you know, everyone wanted this experience. And so I just shared with them what I'd learned, what I'd done. Well, after a couple of years of this, it just occurred to me, you know what, I could become a midwife. <laughs> so I started reaching out to other healers and friends and doctors in Mexico that I knew. And there was really no midwifery school at that time. They'd all been closed. Mm. So uh, next step was I found this midwifery school in Albuquerque. And within six weeks, I kid you not, I was accepted to the midwifery school. (laughs) We sold all of our belongings and moved up to Albuquerque from Mexico City, where you know, we would be for like the next three years. Um, and that midwifery school was phenomenal. Oh. It was run, I have to say hello to Pam, Pam England, who had a very creative way of bringing mind and body together through midwifery. Oh. So even the way that we learned about the body was through visualization, hmm. right? So anatomy and physiology became this real experience from the inside out. And so the whole notion of preparing women for birth by visualization, by, you know, uh, doing um, breath in the body, I was learning that from her. Ah. And from also, she had a mentor whose name was... uh, Louis Mille Madrona, and Louis was a, a medical doctor who also was very interested in birth, and he also, his grandmother apparently had been a, a Cherokee medicine woman, mm. so he brought that aspect to our classrooms, actually, when he was teaching us, um, you know, again, using modern techniques of hypnosis and uh you know, getting into altered states to work with the body. So I had him as a teacher. I had Pam as a teacher. And all of this seemed really normal, right? To just learn these techniques of uh, how we could really make contact with our bodies and um, in in an intentional way. So that was part of my training. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, after I graduated and and got... um, licensed to be a midwife in New Mexico, we actually moved back to to Mexico, my husband and I, and we started a people's clinic in this small town, South Mexico City, called Tepoztlan. Mm -hmm. And there we opened this clinic together where I was doing maternal infant care and my husband was, who had also been influenced by my experiences (laughs) in preschool, right? And he's also a very creative, genius and a healer so we were both starting to work with you know visualization practices for example with our patients Uh well you know one thing leads to another you start having these experiences right and and someone else has the experience and so they you know the women and i we learned together through those years yeah of how do you tune into yourself and how do you know what you're tuning into and it's a different kind of listening, right? So anyway, I went through all of that for, you know, those years of my being a midwife and um, just learned incredible things, was inspired in uh, different ways, started, you know, uh, a number of women 
that I got to know started a whole midwifery movement in Mexico out of our work together, right? Wow. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And then it was time to come back to the States. And so when I came back to the States, um, I am living in Olympia and um, I, I'm, I'm skipping over a little of, of this that uh, isn't really pertinent to our conversation. Sure. But after I had been back here, I, I went back to Mexico for a month to visit my friends and I was in a period of transition at that time in my life and was trying to make sense of things and I went to the beach with my friend Rosa who was my mentor in homeopathy mm -hmm. and um, so I'm at the beach with Rosa and her family and I was a swimmer and so I went out I'm swimming and on the way back in I got taken by one of those waves that you don't really ever want to meet yeah and it just slammed me onto the beach and it was a shocking thing you know there was lava there and I my foot was scraped open and bleeding and I was you know frankly in shock yeah but somehow I managed to stumble out of the ocean and I'm kind of stumbling down the beach and like whoa what's happened and my foot's bleeding and you know and I just went to sit under this huge rock and I was in the shade of that rock in this kind of shock and I just sat there for a moment and I was already a meditator and but I, I just kind of sat there trying to collect myself and in sitting there I entered into I was already in an altered state probably from the shock of that big wave having uh, throwing me down. And spontaneously, in my mind's eye, I saw this kaleidoscope. It was like a kaleidoscope, this beautiful orange colors. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of mesmerized by what I was seeing. Like, whoa, that is gorgeous. All of a sudden, in my mind's eye, the scene shifts. And imagine fingers, purple fingers coming together and uniting. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that is really something. What's going on here? And I was in a state of utter amazement and wondering what's going on. And I was thinking, ha, huh, purple fingers coming together. I, you know, if I had some, I'd probably be taking Arnica, which is yeah. a homeopathic remedy that we use for bruised, wounded tissues. Yes, I've used I was, it. I love it. <laughs> I know. Everyone should, you should go out and get it if you don't have it. It's just phenomenal. Anyway, I was thinking, well, I'd never seen an Arnica flower before. Um, and I was wondering, oh, I wonder if they're purple. So all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I've been healed. Mm. And sure enough, I looked down at my foot and the only thing that was left was like a little redness. Mm. There was no sign that it had been scraped open and that there had been blood, nothing. It was just fully healed. And I was in amazement, obviously. And then I just kind of sat with that for a moment. And there was a sort of inquiry about whether, uh, whether I wanted to be a healer, have the power to heal people. And there's a temptation there, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that'd be really cool. But something in me said, no, I don't really want that power over people. But what I knew to be true about myself 
and it's still true, I like being with people. I like somehow being a guide or a midwife or a companion when people are finding their own healing. Yeah. And that, so I didn't, I turned down the offer. Do you want to be a healer? I don't think that's exactly who I am or what I want to do. And so anyway, after I had that answer inside of myself, you know, I, I walked down the beach where Rosa was with uh, some friends and said, Rosa, this thing just happened, you know, tell me what color are Arnica flowers? She said, they're orange. Hmm. And suddenly it's like this, you know, whole revelation that is going on was revealed to me that, you know, there's, there really is an essential form or essential intelligence behind form before it becomes, comes into the world. And you can tune into it, it turns out sometimes, right? If you're lucky or if, you know, you're in enough shock. Um, Anyway, it was sort of revealed to me and I, I realized that I had been touched you know, by a healing essence. Anyway, that started a whole journey. Seven months after I had that experience that uh, my husband at the time had uh, been diagnosed with cancer and a friend of ours, um, whose name is Jane Sen, had worked with Barry and she had actually healed um, from and through breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so she said, why don't you reach out to Barry? And so we did. And in that conversation over the phone, so it's just Barry, um, just being his usual self. He was engaged. He was friendly, um, and he accepted working with uh, Richard. And I asked, "Well, can I? You know, I've been working with the mind-body connection as a midwife. I'd really just love to listen in on the session so I can learn." And that was when Barry said. He just stopped. There was a pause. He said, hmm, no, I'll work with you separately mm-hmm. and for free. So who knows what was in uh, revealed to him in that moment that he listened to it, and that started our 15-year relationship. Mm. Well, so we have talked a lot about cell level meditation, um, and I shared a little bit about what it was to me and how I used it. Um, and I, what for those out there listening, you know, what is cell level meditation? What 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 does one do or be? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, I argue with my scientific self about, are we really in the cell or with the cell? Believe it or not, after all these years, uh, there's a way that our scientific minds really question. But I also have a mystical mind. And when I started understanding the as above, so below, that goes clear back to you know this guy named... Um, uh, I can never pronounce his I name. I can't either. Hermes Trismegistus. Yes, exactly. That guy. something. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, who, again, was writing these principles that uh, have come down through the mystic traditions or the esoteric traditions forever because they're principles um, that of reality itself, right? And one of the things he says is, as above, so below. And so it turns out, you know, when you go 
into the smallest, 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 smallest manifestation of matter, life itself, everything is there that's also in the cosmos, right, in the solar system, right, or in the galaxies, and who knows what's beyond, right? So there's a way that we're working with patterns of reality, of how reality actually manifests, right? So that's a long story to say, so how do you work with yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Well, we have cells in our bodies. It turns out that the cell, and Barry saw this, it is the smallest unit of life, and everything that you need for life is in a cell. Mm. So the little tiny, brilliantly um, formed, created cell is a representation of everything that's going on in your whole body. Yeah. Right? And so when you tune in, and most people do this because they're sick, it's like something's wrong, right? You, I, I heard the end of your talking about your liver. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, something's wrong. So you allow your awareness, and this is a very big deal. We have awareness. Hmm. It's just something huge once you start going down the road of exploring that. We have awareness, and the awareness can say, oh, something's wrong with my liver. And the awareness can also tune in to the liver, it turns out, right? Yeah. And when awareness does that and sort of gets out of its own way, maybe you have to be slammed against the beach by a wave, I don't know, to get out of your own (laughs) wave. I did, but some people get there because they're, they're sick or because they're naturally gifted. But awareness takes you to the place in your body where the cells are doing their thing, right? Yeah. Usually you're doing it because something's wrong. And as you sit with that, something is wrong, and then you bring awareness, your desire for healing, your presence, and your breathing. This is really a big deal to bring the breath to all of this. Then something is engaging to help healing happen, to help things that are off become right, yeah. you know, to help bruised and broken tissue to knit itself back together. Mm. And it happens just, again, it can happen in an instant like it did for me. Some of us are a little bit more hard-hearted and, or hard-minded, I'm not sure, to bring awareness, reaching out to something beyond ourselves, which is sort of the spaciousness around you if you think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And then breathing, bringing that spaciousness, that breath into your sense of your own body and then let the body show you the way show the breadcrumbs you know down to the cells to say so there's some cells that have really been listening to the wrong message and they are misaligned so let's go in there you know the little soldiers and the <laughs> that Barry was working with with the little kid were always you know working at certain level of trying to make things right clear down at the little tiny cell level at the level of our understanding or of our participation with it so you know Barry gave examples and I've seen this with people I've worked with um you know everyone has their gift about how they make sense of life and so if you're 
uh, you know, an electrician, you're going to be the one who knows how electricity has to go through the wires, and you're going to be the one to be able to go into your body, and it'll be revealed to you that way yeah. about, oh, this is how you rewire your nervous system. And, you know, if you're a miner, you're going to go in there and you're going to find uh, the precious gems that, um, you know, are shown to you because that's how you're made. But this is also going all down, uh, going on all the way down in the littlest places in your body where the cells are showing you how they want to be healed. So it's very, very creative and lovely. Yes, and I, I was very touched by the story in the foreword, um, a woman that you worked with, Lynn Feldman, um, who is a litigating attorney, and she says, I enjoy courtroom combat, but she also has a deeply spiritual side. Yeah. Um, she said, I don't trust people easily, never reached out for a miracle cure, um, but she says, all I can, can all I can affirm is that this beautiful, simple healing system has worked for me in the most difficult situations imaginable, which for her was a double diagnosis of lung and breast cancer, and then a later um, metastasizing of the breast cancer to lymph nodes. Um, and I'll just, I'll, I'm just going to read a quick quote from that foreword. She said, daily for several months, Patricia and I worked together so that I could learn how to deeply touch my healthy and diseased cells in both my breast and lung. How instead of chomping them away, as many books described a Pac-Man approach to eating up the cancer cells, I was able to teach the healthy cells to communicate with the disease cells so they did it so that they did not risk my life. And there are many examples like this in the book, but um, I didn't know if you wanted to comment on, on that being an example of how this works and working with the cells, them, them being responsive and, and taking direction from the awareness. So Lynn is an extraordinary person to begin with, and she has a brilliant mind, and she also has a deeply mystical nature, mm. right? So she... Um, again, we work together to help her tune in to how she could use those gifts mm -hmm. to be in contact with her deeper self. And so part of cell meditation is, or any meditation for that matter, is you're shifting your state of awareness from sort of ordinary awareness into a state where you're more open and available for, you know, things beyond, oh, where did I use my keys? Um, and so she could shift. She had a lot of experience in meditation and was able to use all of her gifts mm -hmm. and all of the pain in her life and the breath until it came together for her yeah. in healing. Yeah, and I and just will point out, didn't she? She also took more of a complementary approach, where she did traditional right. chemo, but then she also complemented it with, uh, you know, cell level meditation, and I assume some other modalities or, or things. Right, and I think that's important. You know, that again, we live in this world where there's a lot of uh, modalities available to us, mm -hmm. and again, following the breadcrumbs of yeah. your own life, you know, find the ones that uh, make sense to you, that work for you, and Again, we're always looking for this deeper healing, though, and I think that's especially where meditation comes in, um, yeah. so that the broken parts of us that have more to do with our spirits being misaligned with our purpose in life or um, what's important to us or what, uh, what we love comes back together so that we're lined up with our purpose as well as ourselves, you know, marching around in the right way. Yes. 
and and the way that I explained it when we um, when we lost each other for a moment there, um, and it was that I would I would for example with my liver, um, I would sit down, get still, um, would uh, notice the the space around me, and when I would bring in that space or spirit through my nose all the way down into my lungs, I would envision riding the breath to my liver and bringing it that 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 spirit, that space, that light, all of the things that came with the breath, and then just follow the sensations or anything that came up as I was present with my liver. Um, that was the way that I envisioned it, but I'm curious. I mean, I want folks to have kind of an idea about what happens. Um, is that <laughs> is that kind of cell-level meditation or how you That's might describe it? it? <laughs> there it is. You're a genius already. <laughs> well, I learned it from you, Patricia. <laughs> That's exactly it, you know, because there's this, I think about this, we're using the breath, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and think about a hurricane, right? That's a kind of breath, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the breath, which is all around the earth, the space, the air around us, right? Mm -hmm. Fine-tunes itself from hurricane-like force to the precision, Right? of coming into our nose, going down into our lungs, getting all the way down, you know, to the alveoli, these little puffy sacs in the lungs that are one cell thick. And that is how precise the breath can be, to jump across, you know, a one-cell membrane to get into our capillaries, into the blood, right, that's going to take them off to take the healing breath Mm -hmm. so fine-tuned so calibrated so perfect right Mm -hmm. for our i mean this is actually going on as we're sitting here right now but when you add your awareness your appreciation your love for it and then you know take that off into your liver and then your liver says whoa i need some help over here right yeah the fine-tunedness you're just co-participating with something that wants to happen Yes, and that's the part again that stood out to me in reading this. This reading in this again um, was that it's like that opens the channel or the doorway for the great mystery, for the the something greater to come through. And it's we just by focusing our awareness there. For example, on my liver, it allowed the healing to come through from somewhere. I don't, you know, the mystery. And it, it just, it, I didn't have to do anything. I merely had to be curious and follow what the, the breadcrumbs, really. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What a great story. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, it definitely, it arrived in my life, cell-level meditation arrived in my life at the exact right moment. Um, well, we are getting very close to the end of the hour, and I just wanted to share one last thing. We've got about two minutes left, if even that. I'll give you another minute. Okay, okay. thanks. Far delay. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. But um, yeah, after after Barry's death, um, uh, you heard very clearly, Patricia, I made it, and yeah. I thought that might be a li- nice way for us to close is to that share that story. Um, I wonder what he meant. Boy, I do too. <laughs> yeah, again. Barry was a major teacher, friend, guide, mentor in my life, Um, and we had kind of a complex relationship um, because he was a complex man and I'm kind of a complex person too, so it was a perfect match. Anyway, 
the last six months of his life, you know, I, I, I hope we have time to say this. We've got he, about a minute left. If okay. <laughs> he, yeah, he had uh, gone into very deep states of, I think, you know, there were revisiting issues in his deep past that he was working on and healing. And at the very end, you know, he let go. And um, I was, I prayed for him for nine days. I sat down and, and prayed every night for him. And on the eighth day, and this is a technique I learned in Mexico. It's a, it's a practice that the Mexicans taught me. But anyway, and on the eighth day, I uh, went to Mass at the cathedral in Seattle at St. James. And as I was sitting there opening up to that holy presence that I can sense there, his voice came to me clear as day. Patricia, I made it. <laughs> and everything inside of me just relaxed and just went into delight. Like, well, I don't know where he is now. Who of us can know? But his spirit certainly lives on. And his teaching, which was true teaching, I think is, uh, we're talking about it now. and yes. Thanking him. Yes, and thank you, Patricia, for being the one who brought the work into the world. Um, the book is Cell Level Meditation. The website is celllevelmeditation.com. My guest today has been Patricia Kay, and we're celebrating the second edition of Cell Level Meditation. Patricia, thanks for coming back to Sunny in Seattle. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, take care, everyone. You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. This is your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. See you next week. <laughs>